Hey guys and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So before I go into today's episode of the podcast, I would like to say a massive thank you to everyone who has listened, who has downloaded and I'm really, really delighted with the feedback on the solo episodes and with the recent guest episodes. Been really, really lucky with that and that's down to you guys as well who have been supported so please do continue to support it please do continue to share continue to like and continue to spread the word around around the podcast so today's episode is a little bit different in that it is with two guests on one haven't had one of those for a very very long time and today's episode is with kitty blomfeld and craig mcdonald so kitty and craig are actually engaged to get married and we look at it from a different perspective so Kitty talks about from her background from the diets, the restrictive diets she's done and her own experiences. Craig comes up from a kind of the approach that they take with their clients. So some of the things that we actually talk about is how to break away from that restrictive dieting mindset. The, the, the truth about hit sessions, is it going to help you to build muscle? We need to learn at maintenance. And this is something that we spoke about with Mark Carroll as well. And we've spoken about it on a few episodes. Using the scales as a data point rather than an actual crutch. Dealing with impatience. The importance of filling up your own cup first, making it easy to actually succeed in what you're trying to do, how many meals for fat loss, reducing cravings in the in the evenings and stuff. And then we talk about removing the fear of the carb because it's important that we are looking at a holistic approach and like why are we restricting a certain food? How can a carb make anyone fat? That's a big thing that you need to question yourself. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode with Kitty and Craig and guys please 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 do share and share the love on the podcast so hopefully you guys enjoy this episode hey guys how are we good thanks for having us on we've just yeah. been having a good chat before haven't we we have Get yeah it's, it's uh it's a <laughs> uh, unique it's unique having two people to interview miles away in a different country yeah I uh, know it's so cool uh so guys I'm gonna let you guys introduce yourselves and tell us how you got into this business and what you guys do and then we'll get into the no-nonsense bs that we're about to decipher <laughs> um well i'm kitty bloomfield and um craig mcdonald is my partner and i'll try and keep it short you know, hear my <laughs> whole life fucking story and hope swearing's all right on this podcast sometimes i like to swear um <laughs> but basically i like started dieting when I was 17. So I did every stupid diet out there, fasting, every protocol of fasting, keto, um, low carb, high protein, you know, just eating. Once I ate tuna and apples for 12 weeks straight, I've taken Duramine. I took that drug. I don't know if you have it um, where you are, but you, you, you take it and you poo out any fat that you've eaten. It was disgusting, literally disgusting. And all in an effort just to be skinny and small. And I think a lot of my... Like I wanted to change my body because I had a lot of body image issues and I was really promiscuous. Like I drank and took heaps of drugs and slept with heaps of guys and just starved the fuck out of myself. Like just did crazy things to my body um, all in an effort just to be small, to be as small and as tiny as I could be. Uh, and I just, that continued on until I met my ex-husband and I got married and I continued dieting. I competed three times just for the wrong reasons, just because I looked at those women and thought, oh, they're so beautiful and they're so lean and they look so happy. And, you know, obviously that fucked me even more. So I've just yo-yoed up and down, up and down. I had a miscarriage. I had like irregular and painful periods. You know, I rarely slept through the night. You know, I was constipated. I was just tired all the time. You know, I'd be trying to 
smash coffee at two o'clock in the afternoon uh, because I was just, I couldn't, you know, keep my eyes open. And I was just the biggest binge eater. So I had the most horrendous relationship with food. And I was the, you know, sugar Nazi. I didn't eat any sugar until I was binge eating, you know, 10 tubs of ice cream and packets of lollies on the weekend because I couldn't maintain my 1200 calories anymore. So I'm sure that a lot of women who listen to this can really relate. So basically I got divorced and I was seeing this therapist and she's like, oh, you know, have you ever read the work of Ray Pete and Emma Skarakis, who's my now business partner in Saturay, which is our skincare and supplement company. And so I, I went off and I read, because we would always talk about nutrition because I was in, always interested in the next diet, you know, the one that was going to help me maintain my small body and be healthy. But I think that was just a cover for I just wanted to be skinny and small. And so I went off and read Ray's work and it's pretty hard to understand. Like it's really, if you go, go away and, and read it, but Emma, go and have a look at Emma's um, work. I read this blog of hers called Defending Fruit and Other Non-Complex Carbohydrates. And I was reading and I was thinking, oh, my God, like this is why I've been so fucked my whole life because I cut sugar, I cut carbs, I cut dairy, you know, all of these amazing traditional nutrient-dense foods that I thought were the devil because they had sugar in them and, you know, dairy was inflammatory and saturated fat was bad and you shouldn't eat salt. So I was like, oh, my God, I've just been doing the opposite of this. And I used to train just like a stupid moron. So I used to do a ton of cardio. Like I'd get up fasted, I'd drink my black coffee, catch the bus into the gym, I'd train for two hours fasted and then just eat no carbs all day. Like I just don't even know how I even <laughs> did it. So anyway, I got divorced and I just, you know, drank and and took drugs and just drowned my sorrows for six months. And then I was working in mining at the time in a mine control role doing FIFO and it was really affecting my work. And basically my boss sat me down and he's like, look, I'm going to fire you if you don't get your shit together. You've only just got divorced. Your life is, you've got a whole life ahead of you, you know, get basically get shit together. So I was like, okay, all right, I don't want to get fired. So I went out and bought all these relationship books on relationships. So I was like, oh, you just don't know what to do when it comes to men. You just attract these stupid men and you just, you know. So anyway, so I read all of these books, implemented everything. And then 30 days later, I met Craig. Wow. And yeah, I know. And and I also started working with my now business partner. So I emailed her going, oh, I have to, you know, like work with you. So I learned all about, you know, good metabolic health and that I could eat carbs and dairy and I didn't need to restrict. And Craig really taught me about strength training. So I got right into powerlifting and I just loved it. And my body started to change and I started building muscle. I stopped binge eating and I started sleeping to the night. My cycles became regular and pain-free. And then Craig was living in Brisbane and I was living on the coast. And so we sort of had that conversation about, well, who's going to move? And I don't know where we got the idea, but (laughs) we decided to buy into this small gym in Brisbane because we thought Craig could work there and then he could travel. It was like Mount Gravatt, which is sort of close to the Gold Coast. No idea what we were doing. Never owned a business before. This like It makes me cringe now thinking about what we did because we paid like 100K to buy into this business that was making no money. And then when we bought in, we just didn't, it didn't work with the lady we were working with. So we ended up paying her more money and buying her out. And then that's how we created our gym. And so we called it New Strength and we did that for three years and we built it from like zero and it was turning over, I think, about 700K, like in a few years, we, we we built it up and then we were like, okay, what are we going to do now? Do we want to open more gyms or do we want to go online? So we decided to build a program for women like me. So we just wanted to help women like me who'd done all the restrictive diets, who wanted to be, you know, build a better relationship with food and their body and learn how to strength train because Craig really, because I, I got Craig onto the 
this this pre-metabolic eating as well because I was like looking at his diet going, how come you don't eat any butter? And, you know, you're eating all these nuts. And anyway, so me, I'm like a rat up a drain pipe, so obviously couldn't get away. So we dove headfirst into it. We, you know, sort of built our methodology in Jim Hey Craig basically over three years and then we launched our online program in 2017 and the Win at Life program and we've been doing that ever since and then we partnered up with Emma, the lady that introduced me to this way of eating and we built this skincare and supplement company, Saturay. So, um, you know, and Craig, I mean, Craig can talk about his background a bit more, but that's, he was a PT working in the gym and, yeah, just wasn't loving it and so that's sort of how we built our businesses. I think there's a lot of people going to resonate with your story, Kitty. And I know Craig in relation to kind of your story now and kind of getting away from the PT side of things. Because I think a lot of people will resonate that the coaches that listen to this as well, because it is it is a big joint leap of faith for a lot of people that they're scared of doing. So can you kind of talk about your background then? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> my background was actually in the music industry before all of this. Um, you know, I sold guitars and I <laughs> did, did all that sort of thing. And then... Uh, I kind of left that industry and, and took a job in corporate purely based off money. And I realized after a week that that was a terrible decision. And this definitely wasn't uh, something that was inspiring me by any, by any stretch. And, uh, you know, I've always just sort of been one. I'm like, like it's sort of the belief of like, if you do something that you enjoy and you're passionate about it, generally you can make a living from it. Right. And if you're good at it, you'll do pretty well. And all I, like when I got into the, the music industry, it was like, what do you want to do when you leave school? I'm like, all I care about is playing guitars and playing events. So I'll just go and work in a guitar shop. And I was in there for 10 years and I, you know, went through all the wholesale and sales rep stuff and, and actually did really well. It was the same thing here. I was in the corporate and I was like, I hate this. I need to get out. What do I like doing? And all I cared about at that particular point was strength training and nutrition and everything that, you know, you talk about on your podcast and all this sort of stuff. So I was like, all right, I'm going to be a PT. So I just went and did that and I was in a terrible financial position. <laughs> Me and my ex-partner were pretty much on the rocks and we were in um, you know, a lot of debt at that point. And I, uh, I, I took a job uh, with a mate who was running a PT studio, which was a terrible idea. That lasted about six weeks. I realized that that just really wasn't what I wanted to do, his type of model. And uh, I took an unpaid internship. Uh, at a place and I was just wanted to just learn and sponge everything up. And I, I don't really know how I kind of scraped by with money at that stage. I think I got a bit of a, a, a payout because I actually got made redundant from the corporate job. And I just really kind of made that work for a while. And then uh, for me, it was just like, I was just all about, I'm like looking at a lot of people doing, and you know, no offense to anyone listening, but I was looking at a lot of people going, they're doing all the boot camps and the boxing and the burpees and the box jumps and all of this weird and wonderful shit and realizing that, well, hold on a minute. You want to be lean and muscular. You want to look like this person, yet you're doing a whole bunch of random bullshit that's going to make you look nothing like that particular person. And the 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 internship that I did, the, the, the guys there were, you know, pretty much along those sort of same sort of lines. But I just, for me, there was just a greater level of detail because I was wondering why people weren't actually getting the results. And, you know, then I started to realize once you start peeling back the layers of the onion, then ultimately uh, th there needs to be a greater understanding of nutrition. There needs to be a framework of how people implement that nutrition 
there needs to be that conversation about expectations and the reality of what you're actually prepared to do. And then, you know, all of this, it's not just about macros lifting weights and doing these things. It was, there was this whole deeper discussion that I was discovering very, very quickly. Um, but, you know, the, at the end of the day, if I could get people into that kind of framework and that, that sort of mindset, then it was just a case of like, yeah, you just need to eat the food and you need to get really, really strong. Do I need to do cardio? No, I just want you to go for a walk, right? And just keep your activity levels up. But I want you to make, I, I want to make you as strong as possible. And then I had a few breakthroughs with women where you get them like deadlifting like 60 kilos, you know? And it was like this realization of like deer in the headlights, like, oh my God, I just deadlifted 60 kilos using the plates that all the big boys use. And it was like, yeah, you did. And they're like, this is something that I never ever thought I would do. And I'm like, well, I didn't lift it. All I did was stand beside you, show you how to do it and got in your ear and told you that you were good enough. And then you did it. And then all of a sudden you realize that a whole new world opens up to them. There's this belief system there and they go, this is fucking great. And everything in their life changes, their confidence, how they you know, go through with work, how they interact with people, you know, how, how they, just how they work into the gym. And that was really at the point where I was like, I need to, you know, start doing something like this a little bit more specifically. I moved to another gym uh, and that was, that was a, a, a mistake as well because <laughs> I was just like, I'm not finding anything here that, that's really going to allow me. And I just didn't believe in what these people were doing, you know, not, nothing against them. It was just wasn't it. And then during that time, I met Kitty and uh, Kitty being, as she mentioned before, right up a drain pipe. She was like, no, no, that's it. We're doing it. We're, we're just going to do this. And I'm like, well, hold on a minute. You know, like I'm, I'm a little bit more risk averse and Kitty's like, you know. Quit my awesome pain job in mining where you only Yeah, like a shoot first, ask questions maybe in six months time or something like that. Um, <laughs> we'll just see what we can do. <laughs> so so we just went all in and, and but, I, you know, at, once we actually went all in, I was just like, yep, I've just got to put together a framework and a system around you know, what, what I was learning from that, but then also what I started to learn from Kitty in terms of, you know, the particular nutrition approach and understanding mm -hmm. that certain foods that have been really, really demonized, they're really actually not that bad after all. And sort of, you know, once we started going down this path and sort of getting people to, you know, believe in that, buy into that system and realizing they're like, oh my God, I'm feeling so much better. And, you know, like, you know, sugar isn't bad, isn't the devil. And, you know, all, all of these things that, as I said, are, are kind of demonized. Um, we, we built a system around that. And then it was, you know, like I said, we, we made a poor decision buying into that gym, but we kind of got over that pretty quickly. And then we've moved forward and and that's the way that it's been ever since. So, you know, it's, it's just, uh, you know, for me, it was just really much a case of like, this is what I really enjoy doing. And then the more I got into it, the more I realized there was just so many more questions and so many more things to, to coaching people to really make a legit, like anyone can fucking lose weight. Like any monkey can, you know, pay a bunch of money and cut all your calories and do all that stuff and lose a bunch of weight. That's great. But what, what does the transformation look like in three months time? Are they still maintaining it? Are they still in this point? And, th and these were the questions I was asking. I'm like, well, if you've had to sacrifice all of this stuff to get there, what happens to when you maintain it? Like for me, it was always like, well, the nutrition framework that you start with should be the one that continues on after you finish the diet because nothing really changes because you've developed all these good lifestyle behaviors and habits, et cetera. So that's uh, – sorry, I probably crapped on a little bit then, but yeah. No, but what you said, <laughs> but 
what yeah. you said there at the very end in relation to like about maintaining people need to learn how to maintain and i had mark carroll on um mm. on mark carroll oh, yeah. was, was yeah, talking about it. kind of plateaus yeah. and being able to maintain this is kind of the secret of what actual weight loss is as you yeah. said anyone can do it anyone can gain weight anyone can lose weight it's science it's going to happen either way mm. but what you said there is hit, hit the nail on the head in that you need to be able to have that unsexy stuff and make it more kind of process oriented like and purely outcome oriented and that's the bit that people don't like to hear because they're like mm. well I'm not, i don't feel i'm doing anything <laughs> if i'm not losing weight and it's like yeah. yeah but you're learning how to keep the weight off so that is doing something plus we're also yeah. getting you as you said getting 60 kg lifts or feeling better in your clothes or you've got more energy you feel comfortable enough to have sex the lights on all that kind of stuff so there are major mm. non-scale victories kind of happening there but yeah. you also mentioned the big one there about kind of like the the hit class the boxer classes and the boot camps um i fell into this i did the joe wicks thing um so wow. i did that's how i first wow. got into fitness um because i was literally in the depths of like not in a great place and i went into it I, I, it was amazing don't get me wrong but it wasn't going to get me to my goal so i'm going to let you guys talk about like how his boxing class all that kind of stuff aren't actually going to get you toned yeah 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 yeah. and that's what exactly yeah. what i used to do and spin class yeah. I, I was a gun at that spin class day. i'd get up i remember a stage when i worked at Hayes in recruitment and there was a fitness first next door and i'd do it every morning without fail at like 4 30 fasted of course and just smash myself you know i can't stand spin i uh, from teaching it and i used to work in recruitment i can't stand that either <laughs> <laughs> don't know which i hate more yeah probably recruitment yeah. oh, oh but you know what? i actually it's... didn't mind recruitment i didn't mind recruitment so i'd probably say i'd hate the the rpm um more but yeah Stupid, I just stupid stuff. But women don't know; they just think that that's what they need to do: eat less, do more cardio. That's going to get me the body that I want. But it's yeah, not I, well, it's- I think when we, when we define that that word toned, I mean, you know, people say, "Oh, look, I want to look more more toned," and I, I often say, "Well, what's your definition of toned? Like, do you have it? Like, especially if I'm doing like a Zoom call or something like that, I'm like, can you get on Google I mean- and share your screen with me, whatever, and they'll 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 you know." bring up someone who's you know like a crossfit athlete or you know some, somebody who's who's you know muscular basically and 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 I'm like okay so so the definition of toned is having shape right having a nice brown shoulder and, and a and a big big round peach bum and you know nice separation in your quads and all that stuff so there yeah and I'm like okay cool so that person has a lot more muscle than you and they also have a lot less body fat than you do all right so what builds muscle they're like uh, lifting weights Correct. Right. Uh, what maintains your body weight? Crickets. Uh, I don't know. They were saying, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, the amount of food that you eat. The amount of food that you eat is what controls your body weight. You eat too much, your weight goes up. You, you eat less, your weight goes down. Right? For the most part. Right? There are some nuances there. We talk about meat and different things like that, which I think we sort of spoke about before. But at the end of the day, the amount of food ultimately is going to have the biggest difference on what happens with your body weight. So if the amount of food that you eat controls your body weight and the, 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 the act of going through and lifting weights in the gym is what controls building your muscle, fat is the difference between getting those two right. So the way I sort of say it is when we look at our body composition, it's made up of generally two things, muscle and fat, in terms of things that we can manipulate. Obviously, there's bones and organs, but we, we can't affect any of those things. So primarily what makes up our body composition is muscle and fat, okay? So if you've got a, for example, 
throw some numbers out there. If you've got a 75 kilo female, she's currently eating 2,000 calories a day to maintain her 75 kilos of body weight. You know, she goes to the, the gym and starts, you know, training in a way that's really actively being aggressive to, to building muscle. You know, she's she's doing all the all the right movements. And then she, you know, after a certain amount of time, let's say she puts on two kilos of lean body mass, but she's still eating the same amount of food that's controlling her 75 kilos of body weight. If she puts on two kilos of lean mass, but her body weight doesn't say doesn't change, that means she's dropped two kilos of fat. So she the act of going through lifting the weights has built the muscle, but she's still eating the same amount of food that's controlling her body weight. So something has to change. So in, in this equation, the fat comes off. So that is body recomposition, obviously, in a nutshell. It doesn't always purely happen that way, as we know. You know, the people with activity levels and, you know, as a coach, we've got to assess, do we give them more food? Do we take less food away, depending on what their goal is? But essentially, at the end of the day, the whole doing of the spin classes and all of this stuff to make you sweaty and exhausted doesn't actually give you any objective outcome other than being sweaty and exhausted. Some people well, I think it just doesn't walk. build muscle. Well, that's it doesn't build so muscle. And people go, wrong. well, it's burning, yeah. it's burning calories. It's like, yes, technically that's correct, but you can't measure the amount of calories that's being burnt. So if you can't that's measure it, point. you can't manipulate it. So don't bother trying to understand the biochemical processes that are happening in your body you can't measure because it will just drive you fucking insane. So we go, what can we measure? We can measure our weight on the scales. We can do girth measurements. We can manage uh, how many steps we do per day. We can measure how many, how much weight we've put on the bar and how many reps we're getting. These are all the objective measures. And obviously, we can measure how much food we're eating, right? These are all the objective measures that you need in order to make the very best body composition change, right? Hit classes and all of this stuff about being in the fat burning zone and doing all of this stuff because it's going to put your heart rate up. None of that has any fucking relevance at all for you changing your body composition as favorably as possible, okay? Now, I'm not saying that doing some hit might have an application at some point, but what I'm trying to say is if you are putting the vast majority of your effort towards something that you intuitively know doesn't actually build any muscle, when your goal is to look like a more toned athletic individual, that seems really, really silly. Right. So we need to focus on the things that actually are going to be conducive to getting the result that we actually want. And I think that breakdown there, generally from our experience, is where a lot of people will kind of miss the point a little bit. Right. Do you think it's kind of changing for the better and getting people away from that side of things and actually educating people? Or do you think there's a hell of a lot of way to go in relation to uh, like the calorie burning point or the red zone or whatever it's fucking called these days? Um, zone three yeah i speak to so many women every week like i do calls with women and it's everyone tells me the same like they get on there and i ask them you know what, what are they trying to achieve and then what have they done in the past to get there and it's always the crazy diets always like always heaps of cardio you know we never really get anyone come to us that's well, obviously we wouldn't really get anyone come to us already in good shape because they wouldn't come to us would they <laughs> and healthy i guess so i don't know it just seems you know, I spoke to a lady last week who'd done the HCG diet seven times. So she lost and gained the same 20 kilos seven times. And I was just like, it's just, and you know, like, yeah, I think. for effort. Holy shit. You know, that's the Craig side of things, but like Emma, and look her up. 
the nutrition coach. She's on Instagram. She's amazing. She introduced us to the whole world of Ray Pete and eating in a way to support, I guess, um, you know, good metabolic function. So good sleep, good digestion, you know, regular and pain-free cycles, good libido, strong nails, good skin, hair, good quality hair. So, you know, eating all these nutrient dense foods. So I was so anti-sugar and carbs, you know, and every time I tried to cut these foods out of my diet and I tried to cut calories, I just ended up binge eating because my body was screaming at me because I needed carbs because your cells run off carbs, you know? And so, you know, I, I've never met a woman who eats liver ever who's come into our program. So liver is the most amazing food. You know, it's really high in vitamin A and B vitamins and copper, um, you know, it, and it's just like nature's multivitamin. It's just all these good old-fashioned traditional foods, liver, oysters, good quality dairy, fruits, root vegetables, saturated fats, you know, from animals, coconut oil, um, and just getting women to not only like, you know, focus on the strength training and then tracking their macros and eating macros that are appropriate for their goal. You know, like obviously, as you would know, like fat loss, muscle gain, maintenance, body recomp, whatever it is, and then eating these foods actually support and give their body the nutrients they need so that they can sleep well and have great skin and have good cycles. Um, and, yeah, we just find when they come in and they actually focus on eating more, you know, than 1,200 calories, like eating 2,000, 2,100 calories, strength training three days a week, eating all these amazing foods, this body fat slowly starts to come off, they build muscle, they start to sleep, their cycles become regular, no more menopausal symptoms. Like it's just just amazing. It really is. Like it still amazes me. Every time I see a good transformation in our program, I'm like, oh, just the power of the food and the strength training. Like It, it really is. And I think yeah, that the, the 1,200 number, like it, it's so it's so common. It's yeah. quite scary. Like it's the number that people go to straight away yeah. because they open up the app. They go for yeah. two pounds of weight loss <laughs> a week. And you're like, okay, this is 1,200 calories. So this app is telling me what to do. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to listen to this app rather than actually listen to what common sense is telling me. Yeah. And, but yeah. when you're when you're in that headspace, it's very hard. You've got blinkers on. You don't want to oh, totally. you don't want to listen you, to anyone else. That's the thing. You just want to get the weight off. And I really do think, and this is obviously my own experience too, is women underestimate the value of being strong. Like that is what is going to change your body. Like we see it so many times in our program. Like I think that this is just, I mean, I'm not a coach but this is just what I see with women is one, they don't know how to execute the movements correctly. And two, they don't know how to train with a high amount of effort, you know, so like pushing within one to two reps of muscular failure. And that's what really changed it for me. Like I met Craig and he showed me how to deadlift and squat and bench press and, you know, leg press and really showed me how to train with a high amount of effort and then eat enough food to support my body. And then I was like, all of a sudden, I was like, fuck, I've got this muscle. Like, it's just amazing. My body is trans transforming. And so many women focus so much on the dieting. I need to diet. And if they just spent more time actually eating in a small calorie surplus and building muscle and getting strong, they'd just be in such a better position. But I think it's that obviously takes time. Like it's time and then, you know, they might have to do a fat loss phase. So everyone wants the quick, they want the quick results. I just need to see the number on the scales go down. You know, we're so tied to the number on the scales. Like I'm like 68 kilos or 69 kilos now. And when I started, I was 62 kilos. That's mad. Yeah, it's cool. But, but I look it's, it's, like, I've seen your transformation and there's a, there's a massive, yeah. massive difference. And But I think the scales is a big, massive driver. Like how do you kind of work with clients to kind of like, break away from the scales or do you 
because it's different approaches. There's the education way is step on it every single day and understand what's going to go up and down, or as the other approach of don't step on it as often, or there's the approach of stay the fuck away. So where do you kind of sit in with clients on a majority of the basis? Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty rigid in my approach. If someone doesn't want to jump on the scales uh, every day because they have an emotional issue with it, um, if it's really that deep, I'm just I just I'm very honest. I'm just saying, look, I'm not the coach for you. You, you, that's that's something you need to go and we've got some people that we, we we would just refer to them you know and sort of say look you need to work with this because at the end of the day I, I try and explain to all all clients is um you need to look at me like your accountant not your father right you're an adult you're old enough to make your own decisions right accountant looks at all the numbers objectively and then makes decisions on how to progress you know, and what course of action needs to happen, all right? So if you're not prepared to jump on the scales every day so I can actually see what your weight average is at the end of the week and compare that to the previous week and the previous week before that and see if there's a trend of weight going up, going down, or staying the same, right? If you're not prepared to do your girth measurements, if you're not prepared to track your food um, every day so I can see what your adherence is like, what the types of food you're eating, if you're actually hitting your macro targets based off what you've planning um like all of these as i mentioned before objective measures to allow me to assess the trend of are we heading in the direction that we want to be heading and if someone's not prepared to do that then when they do a check-in every week my answer is purely going to be a guess because if you're not providing me with the accurate data i need to do my job well it is literally a guess and you're not paying me to fucking guess. <laughs> so if I can like look at your, all your, your body weight averages, you know, the last couple of weeks and how your measurements are training and how your training numbers are progressing and how your food adherence is, is being. And then obviously look at a lot of your subjective measures, like how your sleep is and how your digestion mood. These are all the things that we look at at a, at a, at a check-in. Then like, I can't coach you. Because you, you, you're, I'm like, yeah, how's your weight going? Oh, I don't know if it's going up or why I don't measure. I'm like, cool. What do you want me to say to you? Well, am did I progressing know, towards you- my goal? Fuck the fine. No, you tell me. Like, like, it's just a dumb conversation to have at that point. So without objective measures, I can't be objective in the decisions I need to make moving forward to get you towards your goal. So I, I, I certainly educate people around this is why we do it right? Because you jump on the scales every day. If you jump on random times, you're going to get different fluctuations. The moment you eat something, the moment you go to the bathroom, your weight's going to fluctuate for a number of different reasons. Nothing that has anything to do with weight gain or fat loss, right? You've probably seen that infographic that's been going around for 20 years with the uh, with all the different reasons why you gain weight today. Um, I've used that. I don't know who, who made up that, but I've used it a lot. So if they're listening, credit to you, whoever that person is. Um, but the thing is, it's just like, we know that when you get up in the morning, you go to the bathroom before you eat or drink anything, you jump on the scales and you write down the number and that's it. All right. You don't need to overthink it. That's just what it is. You do it every every day for seven days. At the end of the seven days, you add it, up, add it all up, divide it by seven. That gives you your weekly average. This then allows to take into account all of those fluctuations. And now we have an objective measure to see to which we can then compare to the previous week and the previous week, et cetera, if we are heading in the right direction or not. So... Yeah, I'm very much a, a data-driven coach. There's an expectation from any client that 
you know, if you're working with us, that you're going to adhere to this stuff because that way, if you get to the end of your working uh, relationship and you haven't got the result, you know, it's sort of like a bit of an awkward thing. It's like, well, you, you didn't give me any of the stuff that I need. <laughs> I can't. You know what, though? I, can I, I think you, I can guarantee the result. You've obviously never been, Craig, because you're, you're a guy. I mean, some guys would be, but like coming from a woman who was obsessed with the scale. And weighed myself every day because I was like, fuck, I've got to be under 62 and a half. Like for me, weighing every day and starting to track all the data actually helped me remove the emotion because I realized that it was just a number and, you know, it actually did fluctuate. And even when I'd been 100% consistent, I was like, oh, there's some fluctuation there. And over time, it still trended the way that we wanted to go, depending on what we were trying to achieve. And I just looked at it as another number. And, you know, in terms of the food tracking and the other like biofeedback markers, I got really excited about the process because it was awesome. I could see, I was like, oh, look, you know, I can eat these carbs and I'm not going to gain 10 kilos, you know, and I eat this food and balance my meals and I'm starting to sleep better and my digestion's better. And it was just this cool process of going, oh, wow. I'm like, my numbers are going up in the gym. Instead of looking at like as, as restriction, I think it's so it's such a great way to give you information about your body and you learn so much about your body. And I found it like after I started really empowering um, because before when I did it, when I tracked my food and did any diets, it was about restriction and eating as less as possible, cutting out carbs. But this was about optimization and training performance and building muscle and improving my sleep. And I was like, fucking how good does it feel to sleep through the night? You know, like that's for me and stop stopping the binge eating and not having the cravings anymore and actually getting to eat all this food that I enjoy and watching my body transform and my numbers go up in the gym. It was really it was really cool. So I think if you're a woman and you're listening to this, like if you can approach it like that, it it will be a much more exciting um, process, I think. Yeah, I would. I think, I think it is, as Craig said, it depends on the person that's coming into the door. And, and it really, really does. Like if someone has the emotional attachment to the scales, it's working on where that attachment's coming from. It's generally validation and it's validation from other people. And mm. if, if you, even if someone said that you're doing well with that, you probably won't believe it anyway. So the validation isn't coming from other people. It's you that needs to give yourself the validation in order to be accepted. So people think it's from others, but it's actually from yourself. Um, mm. And you're good enough as is. doesn't matter what a number says about you. You don't go by, you don't measure your, I don't know, your penis size or your bank balance. Like, <laughs> like you don't. It's not, a, it's not the right metric for that. Um, right. So I think it's, it's important to kind of like, I would be somewhere in the middle in relation to using it daily and then but that's depending on the clients i have but i also don't think the long-term approach should be to avoid the scales completely like i've worked with clients for like say six months on what they've done with client with with the scales and they've kind of dipped their toe into it but then bringing it back in slowly 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 actually educates them saying like this is what is actually achievable which is educating you saying right it's going to go up at certain times of your cycle the like weeks the like weeks is yeah. the thing that's changed a lot of clients' lives. Like, why does it, do I, why, I've seen clients gain like 13 pounds at yeah, certain yeah, times yeah. of the month. They're like, why is this happening to me? It's like, it's normal. Like, yeah, for you, it's, exactly. It's, okay. it's a normal trend for you. Like, yeah. yeah. And that's why tracking the data is so cool because you can see that and you cannot freak out. But I think, too, like, if someone has eating disorder, we would just don't work with them because we're yeah. not equipped yeah. to work with, like, we refer them on. So, you know, for the clients that come and work with us, you know, and we, we tell them, we're like, look, it's going to involve you weighing yourself and tracking your food and tracking all the biofeedback so they know when they come in, you know. But I agree, there are some people that, like, are probably better off not doing a program like ours 
they need to go and work on these deeper issues yeah. first, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's fair. I think that's a credit to, to, to you guys for kind of saying that out right, because I think too many people are willing to just take the people's money at this stage and they yeah. and eventually. Um, how do you deal with the kind of patience and stuff like that when it comes to a client's in relation to kind of weight loss or their goals? Because yeah, with what? Patience? Yeah, impatience. Uh, <laughs> we, we're just we super honest. On that. <laughs> we, we, I did a coaching call with some clients. Like if people follow me, they'll know that I just say it as it is. And this one lady got on and she's like, you know, Kitty, I, I had like I had two bad weeks where I wasn't consistent and then but I've been consistent for a week. I was really disappointed that I didn't see results. And I just looked at her and I said, So tell me again how long you were consistent for. She's like, Oh, seven days. So I said, You you you're upset that you haven't seen results in seven days and you've been inconsistent for 10 years. And she's just like laughs. She's like, You're right. You're right. I said, look, keep going. Like, well done. Come that back you've to been me in three months. Seven days. I'm like, you've done really well now. I just want you to build on that. And keep focusing on them. Like, what are some of the good things that have happened? And she's like, oh, my husband says my skin's really glowing. My energy's better. And, you know, like all these good things. I said, that's great. I said, so keep going. Remember, put that effort in into seven days. Make that, you know, like seven weeks. And then you're going to start. to. So we just, we're just really honest with them. Like, we're just like, we're not going to pander to, because it's like too many people, I think, do that. And it's like at the end of the day, if you want anything, want results in anything, it takes time and persistence and discipline. You know, not discipline doing dumb shit, obviously, like yeah. <laughs> eating 1,200 calories, but it, you've got to do the reps, you know. You've got to put put the work in. You've got to take that consistent, imperfect action, I think. And if you fail, which you will, which is normal, you just pick yourself up and keep going. That last yeah. part is what people are going to latch on to, I think, because I think people yeah. think that they're, like, immortal and that they yeah. aren't allowed to fail. It's like, no. You'll fuck up heaps. You're going to fail. That's what I always say to them. You're, gonna fa- you're like, failing oh, anyway by going for the quick fixes. So, yeah. 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 And you just got to go like, like it's because I always like the women in our program that had these cra- awesome transformations. I'm like, they found a fuck ton, heaps, yeah. but they just dust themselves off and they keep going. But I put it to you guys with the, with the businesses and stuff. You've, you've gone into businesses, you've left careers and you've adjusted and it's brought you to where you're at now. It hasn't all been plain sailing for you guys in whatever you've done. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> I think because you just you've just got to be you got to want it, like I th- like I when I speak to women when I did the calls with them I'm like like I really try and ascertain to them like stick into the pain like I, like people may not agree with me but like I just didn't like mining you know I was away from Craig seven days had to do night shift I mean bit of a first world fucking problem really like I had this great job but it wasn't I was I wasn't passionate about it like I this and I would hate to go back to it and I didn't want to go back to recruitment so I was like well the only option then is to you've got to make this work you know you've got to make your business work and we experience oh god we've lost so much money we've had two failed business partnerships like we've made so many mistakes but I think you know like if you go all in going all in doesn't mean you're not going to fail and it doesn't mean you be perfect because no one can ever be perfect it just means you're committed to the outcome to whatever it is that you're wanting to achieve better health better body composition and you like say i've heard you said we give yourself some grace like don't be so hard on yourself just you know pat yourself on the back for the good things you've done every day and the small things you've achieved and just keep going and all those little one percents really add up over time you know and like any successful person is not successful because they've never failed i mean they've failed more than most people have even tried and they don't they may not show it like if you even read like i think it's like Disney, I think it's like Pixar's book on on how they created Pixar. 
the amount of stuff that they had to deal with. Or if you look at like the the book about Nike, the amount of stuff he had to deal with about the Japanese mm. business deal and stuff like that. So it's just like we forget about these stories. And it's just going to be this. No, it's massively yeah. like this. Like if you can see yeah. what we're doing, obviously we're going up and down, up and down. And you know, like so many times, like we've had some really hard times and I look back and I think, and now I'm like, okay, remember when you hit this roadblock, it's just part of the process. You are where you are for a reason. You've just got to keep going and, you know, like just get, and we always get through it. Always. Like, you know. And how do you guys adjust to your own schedule? Like if things are kind of kind of getting really, really busy with work and stuff like that, and how do you kind of, make sure that you have some sort of you time into your day because I think that's something that a lot of people do struggle with is like, well work is busy or the kids are acting up or whatever it may be and their focus tends to kind of like pivot back towards other people or goes back into work how do you send recenter yourselves and make yourself you're at the, the center of that we don't have kids so <laughs> we can't comment about the kids but i don't know like is there even any work-life balance? Isn't it more like work-life integration? Like that's sort of how I think about it. It's like we, like we were, like I'm up at seven doing calls and I don't usually finish till like 5.30, but we're super disciplined with like, like we have a system for everything. And like Craig usually trains in the morning and then works late, like he'll work later. So like, you know, I prepare all of our dinner. I prepare his dinner, his dessert. I get everything ready for our cut up like, 10 oranges a day because we eat that many oranges. Like I get everything ready the night before and we're really disciplined. We go to bed at eight o'clock. So we're asleep by 8.30, up at like five. Um, and we just, that's just what our life is, our work life during the week. On the weekend, we have the weekends off and we go out and we do stuff and we see our friends. But I think, I don't know, maybe that didn't really answer your question very, very well, but like well, we're just- has. You have, you have- Self-care. We're disciplined with like feeding ourselves. Like for us, it's a real high priority to get the food in. You know, because yeah. otherwise just, you won't sleep just, well and you won't just, have good energy and just a few yeah. like non-negotiables like that. Like like for me, if if as long as I'm I'm you know, getting to bed around the same time, generally get up around the same time, I've got all the food that I need and it's all prepped and ready to go. And I get my training in when I, you know, on, on a training day, I hit the steps that I need to hit that day. Like if they're all the things that I value that make me feel the best in order for me to deliver the best work to our business and to our clients, et cetera. So I'm I'm making sure that, you know, and same with you, making sure we're filling our own cups first. And and that, you know, like they're not, it's nothing particularly groundbreaking. Like it's like just go to bed at a decent time. Don't sit up scrolling fucking Instagram, Instagram until 10 o'clock. Yeah, prep your food you know, so you've like, got good like food. Your food you like just, you know, and it's just, and we just, you know, and I was a bit of a night owl and, and Kitty was always the one that got up like super early and she's kind of, you know, over time, so I was like, I think we should start going to bed. I think you should start coming down. Blah, blah, blah. And it's just, and and you know, that, that that was a muscle that I just needed to train like anything else. I'm like, no, I need to develop this habit. I've just got to start getting into the routine and whatever. And it's quite amazing. It's, you know, I'm such a huge advocate for sleep. I'm always on the, you know, on my clients. I'm like, you know, if you've got an aura ring, send me your data because I want to see like what time you went to bed, but actually how much you sleep, your sleep quality was and all these sort of things because I'm like, it just makes such a massive difference. And so, you know, from that perspective, I'm just like, I know the things that I need in order for me to do my best work. So they're just non-negotiable, you know, and there's, you know, there's times where I'm just prepared to say no to certain things. You know, and that's the big I'm, thing is like, you guys are prepared to, to kind of say no to things. I think that's the hardest part for an awful lot of people. 
and yeah. they don't have a schedule and they get overwhelmed by everything they get overwhelmed by weight loss or fat loss they get overwhelmed and stress yeah. and all this kind of stuff but you've nothing and people when i like when i when i talk to clients like i'm really busy like okay what's in your calendar yeah mm. nothing it's like well how do you know you're busy then well i feel yeah. like i'm doing everything yeah well, like, absolutely yeah, you're doing absolutely. everything but you're actually doing nothing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're running around like a headless chicken it's like you know when your kids things are you know when your your work hours are or whatever it may be but you haven't got anything booked in for you so how do you expect that to be done and it may yeah. sound like a dickhead comment or a flipping comment but eventually <clears throat> you hope it gets like the thousandth time you mm-hmm. say it to them you hope it lands but like the, the ones that bring that in earlier are the ones as you said will kind of like get to where they want to go quicker it's that it's yeah. that resistance to being um having that kind of like strict schedule because people don't like to have that strict schedule they want to be kind of like more loose and kind of, but loose isn't working yeah it doesn't it doesn't work and, you, and you're right like even though we didn't have kids like our like i do a heap of sales calls every week i do our podcast i write all the content for instagram like my day is jammed so like i'll even at the moment i prep my lunches at night for three days in advance so at the moment i'm just eating like i just love beef patties with like a cup of chicken broth mashed potato with butter and fruit so i just prep it three days so that lunch i'm going to do is heat it up and eat it i don't even have to think you know so i think it's like you say if you're busy and you want to be optimized and have good energy you have to put more time into planning and just make it so it's easy for you during set yourself up for success make it easy to succeed you know it's hard to make good choices with food when you got no fucking food prepped and yeah. you <laughs> You know, and then because what do you do? You, you you skip a few meals, then you're like, oh fuck, I'm so hungry. Then you know, dial up Domino's. You know, you, you hand, end up in a tub of ice cream, binge eating. You're like, Shit, how did this happen? So I think yeah, like we really encourage all our clients is plan ahead, plan ahead, plan ahead, plan your week of food ahead. I just like eat, I just eat the same because I get onto different foods and I'm obsessed with them. So I'm obsessed with these sourdough muffins at the moment. So I've just been eating sa- toasted sourdough muffins, egg and cheese muffins. They're the bomb with spicy barbecue sauce with orange and coffee with collagen sugar. It's so good. And I just have the same thing. And like if we go out for breakfast, I'll eat something different, you know, but it's just find what you like, you know, just change it up week to week, make it your food prep simple um, you know, then change out your meals with your kids. I think that works well for our mums is that they'll prep the same thing, and eat the same breakfast, lunch and snacks during the week. And then they'll just change their dinners every night with the family. And that really seems to work well for them and makes less food prep, you know, less. And then they'll just might change their lunches week to week or they'll swap out a snack week to week. Because I'm like, surely if you find food you enjoy, you can eat it for five days in a row, you know. Yeah, I, I think like, generally like that on Monday to Friday. Monday to Friday yeah. lunchtime is generally yeah. the same. I eat ice cream every night because I just love ice cream. Uh, you're, you're like me. Ice cream is, yeah. I, I, if so I could marry ice cream, I would. Isn't it the best? It's unbelievable. Um, one of the big things that kind of comes in with people is that they try to find like the sweet point. They try to find like the perfect kind of like amount of meals that they should be eating and stuff like that. I know you put up a post, Kitty, on this and kind of like how many meals people should be having for fat loss. I also think it's probably a lot more than people actually think. Yeah, like we we just we say to our clients like what's fits your schedule, and like for, we just find that four to six meals a day works and make them balanced. You know, hey Craig, and it's just it doesn't have to be so complex. <laughs> like, no. what what's going to fit in your schedule? When can you eat? And you might try something and then go, oh, that didn't really work. You know, Craig's really played around to get his optimal meal, haven't you? Like you've got this bloody meal plan now that he's craps on about that he just thinks is the, you know the bee's knees, and it's got this fucking casein custard. What is for me? 
yeah. everyone about and he's just like, oh, this is just the perfect meal plan. But it took him like a few weeks of testing it to like get it right. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, like you don't have to eat six more meals. I, I, I do think though like less than four, you know, I think with women too, like a lot of women that come to us like, you know, they've got a bit of shitty thyroid function and, you know, their yeah. liver isn't working that well. So like they need to, it's better if they sort of can eat more frequently to balance their blood sugar and just keep their energy levels stable. So like, I don't know, I personally have six because I just like to eat regularly and I enjoy food and it just works for me because I'm like busy. But I think for, we just find four to six seems to work well with most of our clients. Yeah, probably the sweet point. And yeah. then consistent, it's consistency, right? Yeah, three. Yeah, I normally go for like three regular meals and two or three snacks. Is generally what kind of we recommend. It's the same thing, just wraps yeah. differently. Um, but I think the big thing that kind of comes in there is like people are always kind of like, well, I want to reduce my cravings in the evenings because that's where most people end up picking is they kind of had a hard day, they haven't eaten during mm. the day, mm. the kids yeah. are acting the bollocks, they're just drawn on the wall or shit in the carpet <laughs> the or something. Um, how do you kind of like what would your advice be if someone's kind of like? the cravings in the evenings and stuff like that, because I think it's important to differentiate between cravings and actual PMS. Because I think that's- Well, I think if you're really craving things in the evening, you're not eating enough during the day. Like if you're skipping meals, like I would be looking at that first because I used to be the same and I just end up binge eating. When I actually ate enough and improved like the, you know, like I started to eat more, you know, fruits and root vegetables and, you know, more carbs. And then I'd have a good dinner with a good amount of carbs. And then I think have a nice bedtime snack, you know, like that's going to, that, that's something that you that's really yummy. Like I eat ice cream with casein and blueberries and that's, I love that sweet thing at night before I go to bed. Or like we have this amazing flourless chocolate brownie that a lot of our clients like, hey, Craig, or Craig has the casein custard. But I think if you're finishing your dinner and you're like, oh my God, I'm craving so much, I need to, and I'm on a binge, you're just not eating enough during the day. I don't oh, think. And, yeah. And you also just need to look at the structure of the meal plan as yeah. well. You know, like how are you, you eating throughout the day? You know, what, mm. what the foods consist of. Are, are you eating, you know, for a lot of women, it's just like, are you eating enough protein? Like you've mm. got a protein total, but are you kind of eating enough throughout the day? Um, you know, at certain meals and then eating the appropriate amount of carbs with it to kind of balance your blood sugar. Like blood sugar, you know, dysregulation is one of the biggest reasons why people get so many cravings, um, mm. you know, and, and that's just generally a lot of the time it's just comes back to poor planning, right? If we can really structure a, a, a food plan better that's, that's you know, you're getting the appropriate amount of protein, carbs, and fats, and you're getting them from food sources that are easy to digest and absorb and have lots of vitamins and minerals and, you know, um, you know, a bit of fiber to keep you satiated and those sort of things. Like you're ticking all those boxes, you know, unless you're in a severe calorie deficit, you know, like there's there's no real way around that unless you want to drink lots of sparkling mineral water or something like that, you know. But, you know, if you're not in a severe calorie deficit, you know, like I, I would be assessing how you're doing food throughout the whole day because um, I think that can make a big difference. The trend, definitely the trend I've realized is that a lot of people don't eat enough during the day. Like I, when I get stressed, I don't eat. So I find it really easy to lose weight and find it very difficult to put on weight. I'm the opposite of what my clients want to be. Yeah. Uh, so they hate me. Um, so yeah, when I get stressed, I don't really eat. So I have to put a little alarm onto my phone, like go yeah. eat or go get yeah. the glass of water or whatever yeah. it is. And yeah. that's, that's the, that works for me. But I think, most people don't eat enough during the day because they're like too hyped up on doing everything for everyone else, doing yeah. everything else for work. Yeah. You're yeah. still going to, most people will still get paid even if they do a shit job. 
that's that's one thing i've realized like i was talking to someone recently like they're not in a sales job or commission job or they were they are in um they get their bonuses or whatever but he's realized that he was working his ass off for five years bringing in 75 percent of the accounts out of a team of about 20 people and he's getting the same bonus as as everyone else but he was bursting his ass so he's decided no i'm actually going to go out on my own and bring these clients with me now and bring that mm-hmm. to himself because he's realized I can actually make more by having this 75% of people and bring it with me and not burning myself to the ground and getting rewarded for it. Yep. it, it he's pivoted, um, which is great. The last question I'm going to ask you guys is in relation to the, 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 the beautiful word that is carbohydrates. How do you, how do you get people away from the fear of the actual carbohydrate? Because Carbide is those one of those things that's still demonized or sins, whatever the fucking word is. Um, so yeah, carbohydrates. How do you get people away from the fear of the carbohydrate? We just get them to eat them, I think. Like we get that we set their macros and we're like, look, here's the list. Do your meal plan and eat them. And then they eat them and they're like, fuck, this is good. And they realize they're like, oh shit, I haven't put on 10 kilos. I'm sleeping through the night. And like, then they start to obviously read up in the information in our program and get more educated. And then they're like, oh, you, then they see the result. Because I think they're so brainwashed and I was so brainwashed too. But then it was only until I actually started doing it, like doing what Craig and Emma told me going, okay, I'm going to eat these carbs, even though I still think sugar's bad. Oh my God. I'm going to do the meal plan and eat consistently. And then I was like, wow, they're right. I haven't put on 10 kilos, you know, like, I know that sounds a bit weird, but it's like, I feel like you can just read and read and read, but until you actually do it and then you start to feel better and you see the results. Because we can only tell them so much, hey, Craig. Like we can only try and educate them, get them to read, and yeah, yeah ab- absolutely. And I, and I think you know, from that perspective, I think also asking them, like, well, what do you think so bad about carbohydrates and sugar? You know, and and, and it's just you often get pretty kind of surface re- level responses, sort of like, oh, they're just bad, or they make me fat. And I'm like, I eat 500 grams of carbs a day. That do I look? Oh, we're not saying that you should eat 500 grams. Right. No, no, no. Just I'm saying that, but I'm yeah. saying there's a carbohydrate amount relative to what you need, you know, based off, you know, the training you're going to be doing and how active you are and all that. Obviously, it's relative, you know, and but at the end of the day, carbohydrates are our, our body's primary fuel source. I'm like, if you sleep like shit and you have mood swings and you have poor energy and all of these sort of things, I'm like, wouldn't it make sense to actually give your body the thing that it actually needs? Like, just sidestep the weight thing for a second like just understanding that is the fuel that our body needs to do the things that it needs to do so if we kind of look at it from the perspective of actually just fueling our bodies to become us and and with a lot of the women that obviously we, we work with it's, it's it's about fat loss or it's about you know becoming a more toned athletic you know looking version of themselves so i'm like uh, athletes and people who have a good physique don't starve themselves <laughs> they fuel their bodies in order to perform in a way that's conducive to building the body that they want, right? So you can continue doing what you're already doing, which ultimately what led you here in the first place by thinking that carbs are bad, but you were still binge eating on all those fucking things anyway. So let's actually take a structured approach and actually get educated to understand what it's actually doing. And if we take a measured approach to knowing this is how much you actually need relative to your current body composition and what you're trying to achieve and your output and how active you are and all those sort of things, then as long as you're kind of sticking to that, then there's we can measure it and we can kind of see, well, well, hold on a minute. Like we've given you all these carbs, you know, and you, your weight's going down. 
you know, mm. and sometimes they think that that's magical, but it's 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 not. It's just we've assessed based off your body composition and what your actual maintenance calories are. This is a little deficit that you needed. We can make up that deficit by having a little bit lower fat and even more carbs. If all of a sudden you're sleeping better and you're feeling better and performing better in the gym, and you can actually stick to your your diet now or your nutrition structure because you're actually enjoying the foods that you're eating and you're not feeling hungry all of a sudden, then generally adherence is better. And as we know, adherence over time is literally the secret weapon for people to make the best progress. Um, so if that can be done on a high-carb diet, which we can educate it, then it just – after a couple of weeks, it kind of it, – it, it falls into place. But, yeah. you know – no, I agree with yeah. you guys. With the, the the fear thing is like it's just you having the food every single day. Uh, mm. I always say to my clients, it's, about, it's around kind of chocolate or carbs. It's kind of like the two that they kind of freak out about at the beginning. It's like, well, ask go and ask your partner right now. Are you a much are you a much nicer person with carbs and chocolate in your life? Yes, and then exactly. they come back with it. Yeah. Yes. So well, why so are you making the husbands mate? say that? Yeah, yeah. To the women in our program, they like their yeah. moods better. Yeah. So they sleep better. Yeah. It's just like. Yeah. But it's like, what are the? What's the thing that you go and binge on? Like, Come it's up. not, it's not fucking. <laughs> you're having it anyway. Or it's not, yeah. Like, you know, it's it's the it's your body broccoli. Yeah, you, your body craves. <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny when I sort of say like cravings are your body's natural r- response mechanism to say that our blood sugar is low when we're in need of energy. All right, it's it's no different to when you get thirsty and you go, I need a drink of water. Right? It's mm. not your body trying to trick you. It's saying, hey, this is what we're lacking. So I'm like, why are we constantly trying to fight something that, that is just naturally occurring and we know what it is? Because even when you do try and fight it, you still go and fuck it up and go and eat a whole bunch of the shit anyway. <laughs> so it's mm. like, let's just take a strategic approach to it and then we can eat it every day and we can actually feel better a lot more, you know, um, you know, uh, over time, like every day, we're actually eating these meals, and we're just like, oh, I've just my, my, my energy's more stable, my moods are better. <laughs> you know, like uh, you know, I'm not a pain in the ass to be around. I don't get these three o'clock slumps anymore. You know, like the, these are all things that are done when you provide your body with what it needs, um, and carbohydrates are a, a massive, massive part of that. So and it's just so much fun eating. Like food is good. Like potatoes, I love mashed potato with butter. I love fruit. Love fresh orange juice. Your life is just better eating carbs. Yeah. Enjoyable. Yeah. And and also, if if you're a woman, you kind of need carbs to kind of have a cycle. So that's right. That's yeah. exactly right. You need energy. Absolutely. Stop starving it's, yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Mal, well, it's mal, malnourishment issues. You know, like you think yeah. about carbohydrates when you eat fruit. Like, it's like where are you going to get the abundance of things like? potassium and magnesium and all these electrolytes like vitamin, like you, C, you, vitamin yeah. C like you're missing out on all of these things that are so beneficial and it's certainly you know menstrual cycle issues you know a lot of that is purely just malnourishment issues that's what it comes back to energy deficiency you know, not enough energy nutrients deficiency. Yeah. yeah yeah my lifestyle yeah massively yeah uh, guys, I cannot thank you enough. There's so much in that. And I, I think most of the questions I asked weren't the questions I sent over. Uh, so apologies <laughs> for that. Um, guys, where can people find out about you guys on social? Where can people work with you uh, in a coach capacity? And where can people find out about the podcast? So um, if you just go to Instagram, it's just uh, K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-E-L-D. And then we've got our website, which is www.newstrengthnustrength.com.au. And then we've got Saturay, so the skincare and supplement company, which is just www.saturay.com.au. Um, and that's got all the information there. And the podcast, you can, the podcast is uh, called 
weight loss for women, eat more, train less, get results. Awesome. So all the links will be in there, guys. So if you want to listen to that, you can um, you can click on the links and you'll be brought straight to it, guys. Thank you so much for for coming on. Thanks so much for having us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Nice. Really hope you enjoy that episode with Kitty and Craig. Please, please, please do share the podcast. The more people that can hear evidence-based nutrition, mindset, whatever it may be, the more that it can help. So please do share it amongst your friends. Please do tag us up on your story. Really, really hope you enjoyed the episode.